Welcome to the Cobra Cast with the present VP. For this episode, we would like to thank these valued partners. Is your scratched window ruining your view? Starting from scratch to your experts at removing scratches from windows and any glass surface. Whether it's general scratches around the home or a knife graffiti tag shop front, they can remove it. They're also helping the environment by saving the window from being dumped into landfill while bringing the glass back to its former glory without the scratches. Don't replace your scratched window. Repair it with Starting From Scratched, your glass and scratch removal specialist for home, shop fronts and cars. Call today for a quote, 87595629 or find out more at startingfromscratch.com.au. Once airborne, we'll let you know when you may use approved electronic devices, but note that some items may not be. This next episode in our Cobra Cast heading around USAFL. Before they go, we them boys, we're going to Dallas. Let's go. Woo-hoo. Um, yeah. So I'm absolutely balls this whole ship up, mate. We're off to uh, the OC now. Sorry, Orange County. Not quite Dallas shit, mate. Is there any left that you can have to do or? You, you could be, yeah. Look, look, I, um, yeah, I didn't know how to break it to you. Atlanta, Dallas, California. Yes. Anyway, Orange County is located in in the Southern California region on the west coast of America, so a little bit far away from Atlanta. All right. What's the distance? How long from Melbourne? The distance from Melbourne to Orange County is just under 13,000 kilometres and would take us around six and a half uh, hours to get there. It will come straight from uh, our backyard. Uh, Orange County covers just over two and a half square Ks. Two and a half thousand. Uh, population just over three million people. It's a decent amount of people in such a small little area. Um... So the town of Anaheim is based in Orange County and is the home of the, you know, the Mighty Ducks or the Anaheim Ducks, they like we call now in the NHL, and the Angels in the MLB. Oh, yeah, nice. It's uh, also a melting pot of all different cuisines, but the two standout restaurants, according to you, uh, received Michelin, Michelin stars. How's a Michelin star, mate? Michelin, it's mate, it's like the highest honor a chef can get, a restaurant can get, is a Michelin star. Ah, they all strive for. Yeah, they want to be like one, two, three. You know, you get three Michelin stars, you're the best of the best. So they, they, these two restaurants were awarded one Michelin star last year. Well, my personal opinion, mate, is that the chefs around the world should be, you know, striving for me to come into their restaurant and say, "Good job, mate." But so, what are these? What are these two? I, you obviously know a little bit more about food and what. Well, I, I, I know how to eat it, but I just don't know exactly what this, what, what these places are. Right, Hannah Ree is a sushi restaurant, and Taco Maria is a 
taco restaurant that they both received Michelin stars last year. We should have, we should have, uh, yeah, I really should have organized this trip and went to the OC on the Tuesday. Mate, there's a lot of things that you should have done on this trip, but you didn't. All right. So now we're not even going to have time to stop in at Disneyland, which is located within Orange County. <laughs> what do you mean? Well, mate, we've got to get to Dallas now from mate. Orange County. So, mate. And then we're going to get back here. We're going to get back here from Dallas to then get our connecting flight out of here. No, 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 no. We're going straight from Dallas to Hawaii. You remember? Mate, it do not work like that. No? We've got to come back to California to get our LA. LA's, that's... I hate to tell you. Get to the famous people, mate, before I lose lose my mind. Well, obviously Mickey Mouse, mate. I don't care what you say. I'm going to Disneyland. Happiest place on earth, all right? Just because you guys haven't won the Super Bowl to go to Disneyland at all in the last like however many years, doesn't mean I can't. But the famous people born in Orange County include Michelle Pfeiffer, Kevin Costa, Steve Martin, and one of my absolute personal favourites, Will Ferrell. Because you're my boy, Blue. Just don't touch my drum kit. <laughs> and what do I do? What's it? So, uh, you know, again, similar to Atlanta, Orange County, just somehow, and some reason, happens to be where the TV show, the, uh, the OC, was based. Oh, yeah. Classic, classic television, that one, for sure. Um, all right. So, we have a great chat with the guys from OC. Um, another Aussie that's found his way over to, to the States and... and you know, joined a footy club over here and they've got a pretty rich history. So, well, let's learn a bit about the OC Giants, formerly OC Bombers. And um, then we'll finally freaking head to Dallas, all right? Yeah, okay. I'll, I'll, yeah, all right. I'll, all right. So, enjoy so that was our one. last stop, so we're going to have to. So, yep. And we'll see you in Dallas on the next. All right. Today we are welcomed by the Secretary of the Orange County Giants, uh, Adam Shanks. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. How are you doing, Ricky? Um, very well, thanks. And hopefully uh, your kicks aren't like your last name. And Yeah, no. It's a, not a good last name for, for footy or golf or, or anything of that nature, unfortunately. But you, you, you get what you dealt, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's a few boys that would, uh, you know, Hang it on you if you do shank one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so you've uh, joined us from uh, Orange County by way of Albury-Wodonga. You are, you know, that's not just a, a Aussie accent that you're putting on. You are no. Aussie. Um, no, no, from Rutherglen, northeast Victoria, so up northeast uh, near Albury-Wodonga region. And uh, I've been here in the U.S. since 2012. So yeah, Orange County or LA, I've, I've been been around both for that sort of eight years. I've been out here. Yeah, it's not a put on accent like Eric from uh, Wisconsin the other night. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so you're you are the secretary for the Orange County Giants, um, and you weren't originally the Giants. Uh, can mm-hmm. you give us a bit of a background on on? when the club was founded and sort of the, the history behind the, the name sure. change as well. Sure. So um, before we were the Giants, we were the Orange County Bombers. So Giants has been a pretty recent initiative for our club. Uh, 2019 was the name change to the Giants. So this is now our second year. 
Uh, the club was founded in 1998, so the year after the USAFL was founded. Um, so one of the earlier clubs there, I guess. And yeah, 20 years as the Bombers. Um, great name, I'm an Essendon fan myself, so I, I had no issues with that when I showed up and we had the red and black on, everything was great. But um, yeah, more recently for us, we had a great opportunity with the GWS Giants and the Giants family. Um, it's probably not a secret in the Australian footy media that the Giants have some, I guess, what the word is, some influence or benefactors from, from the US. Um, one of those happens to be an Orange County local. And, uh, you know, it was a bit of a mutual benefit for all parties for us to align with the Giants. We're in his backyard. Everyone stays sort of happy and and yeah, it just helps grow footy in the area, keep people engaged and, and whatnot. So yeah, it's been good. It's opened up a lot of doors and resources for us. We, we never had as the Bombers, unfortunately. Um, never really had a direct partnership with Essendon. It was just, just uh, you know, coincidental naming. Yeah. Yeah. So, you, so, sorry, if you, um, so you said you're an Essendon supporter. I'm mm-hmm. a little bit conflicted on that as well because I was an Essendon supporter myself, as you'll see. I, yeah. When I said that you changed the name to the Giants, I was a bit like, oh, well, that, that's crap. But then sort of looking into it and seeing what the Giants actually give you, I was yeah. actually sort of like, okay, that's fine. Because it's nice to see that a club that is shit up Giants who aren't very well, aren't a big club in Australia, mm-hmm. actually have a club, not just you guys, but I think there's like over 10 clubs that they support yeah. around the world. So yeah, yeah it's fantastic. And, you know, there's a lot of clubs in the US that are named after Aussie clubs. And, and for the most part, they were just named that way because whoever founded the club went for that club in Australia. And there's very few clubs that actually have a direct link or partnership with that club in Australia. And we're definitely one of the few that does. And as I said, it opens up a lot of doors, just makes some things a lot easier when it comes to like resources, like just getting used footies or getting your hands on some uniforms or merchandise or, or any of that stuff. So yeah, it's, it's a big, it, it was a, it was a big opportunity for us. And it was sad to leave behind 20 years of history and the bombers, especially as an Essendon fan, but you know, the board of the club, it was just a no brainer in the end. It was too good of an opportunity and we jumped at it. Yeah, fair enough too. We're going to jump forward a little bit just because we're sort of ties in well. Um, so you mentioned about you get like used footies and some mm-hmm. gear from Giants. I see that you're in an uh, OC Giants polo shirt, yep. but you've got the X-Blades, yep. so all that stuff on it. So I say, obviously see, yeah, I see on your uh, Instagram and Facebook, your playing gear is literally exactly the same as what the Giants wear on game day in the AFL. Yep. How does that deal work with that type, like the polo shirt? So it's obviously X-Blades, which is the supplier for yeah. Giants. Do you guys have to go through them or do they supply you with the polos and just have your Orange County logo on it? We don't have to go through them. It's just a whole lot easier. Um, so what we've got, obviously, is a direct link into X-Blades through GWS, which is fantastic for us because we can just go to them and say, all right, you've got all of the designs on file for GWS. Just switch the logo with ours, switch their sponsor with ours, and away you go. So it just makes it a lot easier. You know, we've got a direct line into that, that easy, you know, easy to get merchandise. And so it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's again, one of those things where when you're aligned with a, a professional club, it just makes some of these things a little bit easier. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that the Giants have done that. And they're uh, lucky, Ricky said, there's a few clubs around the world that are, have aligned with them. It's a great initiative, and um, yeah, yeah, 
when you're a new club starting out, it's it's good to hear that they're they're you know also supporting some grassroots footy around the world, yeah. which is great. No, it's fantastic. I mean, we got so to start us off because when the name change happened uh, early in '19 and we we're coming into the '19 season. We, we didn't have a huge amount of time to get ourselves in any customised playing kit as far as having our logos and our sponsors. So GWS donated us a full full kit. It was, the word we got from them at the time was it was supposed to be their 2019 round one kit, but there was perhaps something wrong with one of the sponsor logos. So, you know, we got a kit of 30 jumpers, shorts and socks. I, I want to, yeah, I think we about 30. But that's what we wore for most of 2019. And then at the back end of 19, right before Nationals, we, we, we switched to our custom one, which we did through X-Blades. So it, it looks a bit different. You know, it gets the OC logo, it gets our local sponsors on it, gets obviously their AFL sponsors on it, stuff like that. You're never going to complain about getting the free uh, playing kit. Like being, I've done, I've done the apparel for, well, sorry, yeah. we've done apparel at the club for a couple of years now, and we know sort of how expensive it can become. Yeah playing jumper, socks, shorts, and everything like that. So, yeah, no one's ever going to turn their nose no. up at that. And I'll tell you what, they're not messing around with the quality for AFL spec stuff, mate. It's the nicest shit I've ever worn. <laughs> yeah. uh... So, you imagine you'd, you'd gone over uh, to America 2012. Um, yeah. Do you know much about the history of the Bombers when their first game was before you joined? Or I, I don't know the early days so good, unfortunately. So... Joining in 2012, that puts me, what, about eight years in here. And um, I'd say of all the people who are active in the club right now, whether on the board or playing, there's not too many people that have probably been around the club for more than about 10 years. So that's like half the second half of the club's history. The first half of the club's history is probably just guys that just aren't so much around anymore. And, and a bit of that might be lost to the archives in, in some regard. But I imagine... Uh, given San Diego founded around the same time that our first match probably would have been against the San Diego Lions. So what about like your first match when you, you started playing with the OC? Well, Jeez, yeah, you're going back a bit now. So 2012. Um, okay, yeah, so I moved here in January. I think I started playing for the guys later in the year, maybe around August. And uh, that was, you know, in the lead up to Nationals is always in October, but I couldn't go to nationals that first year because my parents were coming out to visit and it was just going to be a schedule clash. So I, I actually missed my first opportunity to play at nationals. But um, my first game would have been either against LA or San Diego. I honestly can't recall, but that's that's our local competition. You know, we're pretty fortunate to have a club one hour in either direction. And, you know, they're both strong clubs and it's good competition. Um, you could say sometimes it, it gets a bit, more of the same, playing the same opposition again and again and again. But at the same time, you beggars can't be choosers. There's a lot of clubs that don't even have one club within a three-hour drive. We've got two one hour away. So, yeah. So you mentioned that. The fact you've got clubs so close to you, unlike a lot of clubs in America, does that make it easier to have sanctioned USAFL games before the Nationals tournament? Yeah, it does. I mean, honestly, any time two clubs play each other, it's a sanctioned full game, I believe. There's a minimum player requirement. I can't recall exactly what it is to, to be like a full points game. But um, that is a thing, obviously, for, for nationals to uh, qualify. You have to earn qualification points, which is six for the season. And you earn two for full-fledged games. So it's not hard to get six points. Um, yeah, but it does help. Like we played... You look at our schedule. I mean, a lot of clubs do a good job of playing a lot of footy. We just get to do it 
without having to commit to going very far, you know? I mean, yeah, we, we play, we sort of share it around. So between LA, ourselves and San Diego, we're probably hosting two, three weekends a season. And then next thing you know, that's like nine weekends of footy before you start counting interstate trips and stuff. So we, we play a decent amount of footy, which is good. Yeah, you're very lucky because we've spoke to a couple of clubs from America and there, like for example, Denver, they struggle. They've always got to push really hard to try and get clubs in or go somewhere because yeah. they are so far away. Yeah. Um, something like Rifty, all the clubs I've spoken to, I didn't know about you needed to accumulate, accumulate so many points to go to nationals. Yeah, six points is the is the qualification. Um, and then, like I said, two points for a full-fledged game. You get one point for a Metro game, and a Metro game is effectively an intra-club. So a lot of these clubs that don't have close competition, if they have a big squad, they might play, you know, play a game against each other, or they might play 10s or 12s against each other. And, and those can still count towards qualification because, again, the USAFL realises not everyone has opposition just around the corner. Cool. I was, yeah, I've been trying to work out how that worked because I did something in Hawaii, have a lot of Metro games, but then we're still trying to plan on going to Nationals. And I was, yeah. as you said, you needed to have uh, six points to get across there. I was trying yeah. to work that out. Like, well, how do you have six, six points if you can't play anybody? So there, there, there is a ways around it. So six points, I think more of the qualification is brought into place to try and protect Nationals from too many fly-ins to pinch hit, if that makes sense. So. Yeah. So, I mean, um, if you're, uh, a, for example, a US citizen or, or, or not, not Australian, put it that way, you, you can get an exemption to the six-point rule very easily because um, obviously you want to promote as many people playing footy as possible. Um, so really, it is more of a, a way to, to try and stop guys coming in at the last minute from Australia and just, you know, bolt the squad. So to, to, to play at nationals, at least in division uh, one, two, and three for men's, I'm not so sure about the women's side, but one, two, and three for men's. Uh, any Aussie player who's who's not like living here and like on the roster from previous years would have to have arrived in the United States by August 1st. So they have to show the passport stamp and then played three games, get the six points between August 1st and Nationals to show that, you know, they came out, did their time sort of brought something into that club by showing up to training and games for a decent chunk of time rather than just came in, you know, three weeks before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd imagine uh, early days it would have been, you know, Aussie blokes going, oh, getting their gun mate to fly over a week or two I believe, before nationals and things I like that. I believe that's where these rules came from. That they, Those days probably predate me. The USAFL's had these rules for as long as I can remember. Um, but there's other countries that don't do that. Like, as far as I'm aware, places like the UK, it's, they don't do that. So, you know, yeah, I'm sure the standard of footy gets elevated for those tournaments because of it, but the growth of the local talent and the game just doesn't. So that's what the USAFL thought is more important. And, you know, I think we all agree with that here, and I think it's a pretty good system. Yeah, it's nice to know, Rifty, that we're getting to the back end of our... USAFL week, and we're still learning out stuff about the, the game over across there. So, mm. all right, let's get back on track to where we were. Um, yeah. So, you obviously were the Bombers. You're yeah. now the Giants. Yep. What's your club song? Have you changed it? I'm hoping it's... So, I'm, I'm this is, um, I, I circled that one on your question list you sent me earlier, and I was like, it's, uh, it's one of those things out here, I'd say not every club really has a club song. It's not as ingrained like it is back home, and, you know... 
never really had one as the Bombers and haven't really got around to getting one as the Giants yet either. So, you know, I, I remember when I first came in, you know, there was some some word around of a, of a, of a song from days gone by, but in my eight years at the club, I've, I've never sung a Piper Club song. It hasn't been a thing. Well, um, after your episode airs, go back and watch the uh, Wisconsin one. They've got a great club song that one of their blokes... They uh, just came up with that, didn't they? Yeah, it is, yeah. It, 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 it's fantastic. Right. I think I saw that on uh, Instagram or Facebook just the other day, yeah. Yeah, you might have to um, get in contact with a guy and get him to write we up. Should do it. Don't, get me wrong. Don't get me wrong, I love a club song. I mean, who doesn't? It's just it's one of those things. It's just, yeah, for whatever reason, has, hasn't been a part of our club so much. Yeah, no, that's uh, yeah. Like you said, it's not really part of their uh, their culture over there for the right. American sports. They have more the sort of war cry type thing with the you know the bit of a pump up pregame and things like that, the hurrahs yeah. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, how many um, players do you have at the moment? And how hard is it to get players? Yeah, I'd say um, we've probably got a extended list of about thirty for the men's team. Um, uh, we've got we're, we're, 2020 was our year to get a women's team off the ground, which we can get into a bit later. But, um, yeah, so about 30, I'd say that that's like if you count everyone, if you count the guys, if not everyone's available every week, you know, travel, injuries, work, kids, family, whatever. So about 30-odd, which is probably about where you need to be to, you know, regularly field a decent squad because, you know, if you can get two-thirds of the guys to show up to everything, that's doing pretty well, right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> And um, so I think ideally, you know, we're always trying to focus on getting our numbers more to like 35, 40, just to really make it so any week you're always going to have a full team, full bench, no worries. Um, but it isn't the easiest to find players. I mean, we certainly, I, I think we're in a fortunate situation again, been in Southern California, that there's, you, know, you can't turn around without bumping into an Australian sometimes. Um, so... You know, there's plenty of expats, but also it's still the majority of our club are American. Um, I'd say that if you look at our 30 guys, it's probably split one-third, two-thirds, one-third Australian, two-third American. Oh, nice. That's uh, yeah, good to hear that, that you know, some clubs are able to get a fair, fair few Americans on board. Uh, mm-hmm. You mentioned the women's team. So you had planned on starting up a women's team before this COVID yeah. shit hit. Um, how did that come about? And, so we, we've been talking about it as a club for several years and it's always been one of those ones it's, it's difficult how do you get it off the ground but we look at some of the bigger clubs in the USAFL the more successful clubs or just you know they've got bigger membership numbers and they all have women's teams it's just it's, it's just that's a fact I mean you immediately double your playing base you get um, you know it, it's just a bigger draw card all around so um, again we, we, we were prioritizing it we got fortunate this season that um, we had uh, Eileen Yoon join us from the Los Angeles Dragons. So, Dragons. So Eileen had uh, been instrumental in the Dragons getting their women's team off the ground over the past three or four years, I think. And um, she lives a lot closer to us nowadays. Um, so she's jumped ship to the Giants. And um, so that is sort of one of those things where, you know, it, it's, it's a lot easier to start spearheading the development of a women's team when you've got a woman to to really drive it and and, and help um you know we can give her the support necessary to go out there and sort of spread the word a bit more that it uh it probably isn't so easy to do for guys i guess so much yeah yeah it's 
good that um, clubs around the world are trying to grow the female game, which is nice. Um, so whereabouts do you guys train and play? So we train at a park in Irvine. So Irvine's pretty central to Orange County. Um, just a park at an elementary school, nice big open, well, I wouldn't say big, but open grass area where we can, you know, train reasonably comfortably for about 20-ish people. If it gets much bigger than that, it starts to get a bit tight. But um, the reality is trying to find big open spaces is a little bit difficult in Orange County because A, there isn't so many of them and B, there's a lot of competition for them or they're locked up or they're private or you can't get near them. So um, that's training. Playing, we do um, we do rent field space. So you need obviously a bit more room to put, put out a decent sized field to play. And we typically rent those from high schools or middle schools um, from school district. And yeah, you know, put up some goalposts and mark out the boundary line with some cones and away you go. Yeah, nice. It's nice to hear that you guys have got at least a bit more ground than a lot of other places around the world to get that oval feel to it. Yeah. Um, so back to like James stuff. Have you guys had any success at the Nationals? Yeah, um, we actually have. Uh, as far as actual championships, only the one, unfortunately. That was back in 2002. We won a Divi 2 as the Bombers back then. Um, we've, uh, I've had the pleasure myself, or unfortunate nature, I guess, of playing in three grand finals and coming runner-up all three times. So 2014-15, we went to the Divi 1 grand final. Lost both times, unfortunately. And 2017, we went to the Divi 2 grand final. So, yeah, always the bridesmaid recently, <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, unfortunate. No. Um, at least you got there. You've been a lot of other teams to get there, at least. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's... that's, that's uh, so, um, who were the teams that took it out those years? 2014, we lost to New York by three points. Uh, it, was, it was just a killer. Um, uh, 2015, we lost to Austin by about two goals. Um, and then the Divi 2 one, we lost to Quebec by about five goals. I think they had our measure that day, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah so we've, we've heard a bit about Austin. They've been mentioned a few times that they're quite the powerhouse team. Yes, they, yes, they are, yes. All right, I'm going to just... You said that you lost by three points and it was a <laughs> killer. So yeah. an argument we had at our footy club last year, and it was a very, very violent argument, you could say, on our Snapchat group and at the club, was would you rather lose by one point or 100 points? And it was the it was the bone content. Like it was a good two three weeks, and it become to the point where blokes were literally threatening people on the on the really? Snapchat group because <laughs> it was just like, why the hell would you say that? So yeah. as you brought it up, I want your opinion. Would you rather lose by one point or a hundred points? I'm surprised it's so divisive. For me, it's one point every Thank day. You. Like it's gutting. It's absolutely gutting. But like otherwise, you weren't even, you were, you weren't even in the game. Like yeah. come on. So for all them Muppets that were saying you'd rather lose yeah. by 100 points, yeah, you're wrong. Your yeah, yeah. you're right. <laughs> hey, but, Rifty, can you just like sort of edit that out at, at some point today and just put it up on our players page? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, it, only the soft blokes would rather lose by 100 points because, you know, I'd rather be in it till the end and know I did yeah. everything I could to try and win that game. And, and if you get pipped on the line, which happened to me in a grand final last year, um, so bad, but yeah, I'd rather be in it at some yes. point than not in it at all. That's for yeah, sure. the pain will make you hungrier as well. Losing by 100 points would just make you deflated. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, there we go. Yeah. 
we got that covered. As now. as I was asking that question, it's a common bloke's Muppets. I'm like, I bloody hope you weren't one of them ones that said 100 rift. <laughs> no, no. Oh, no. man. But I, like I said, I, I played in the grand final last year with my other team and we had yeah. a very close loss in That's that pissing, pouring down, absolute monsoonal Shit. rains. Oh, man. And um, it was a little toe poke goal that <laughs> in the uh, third quarter was the only goal for the second half. But we That one we lost in 2014, we had a um, we, had, we were four points down, had a shot probably 35 out directly in front. Must have gone over the post, I reckon. Like goal umpire said one instead of six. Yeah. Oh. Mm. So just a bit behind the scenes, I'm actually just taking a picture and putting it to our Snapchat, our corporate Snapchat group that even blokes in Orange County agree <laughs> one point over 100 points. And before the end of the episode, if we get any replies, I'll read them out. Great, that'd be good. <laughs> they, they may need to be cut out though. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're the secretary of the club. Um, mm-hmm. How did you end up getting involved in the committee side of things for, for the Giants? I think 20, 2015 or so I got on the board. Um, uh, we had a, a pretty robust board for those 2014-15 years, the years we went to Divi 1 Grand Finals. Um, but there's a couple guys who were really spearheading that, that both uh, you know, were sort of moving overseas or stepping down from the role or moving away. So actually late 15, I actually took over the presidency of the club. Um, so I held that for 2016 and 17. And then in 2018, I handed over to Costa Condus, who's our current president, and jumped into the secretary role and actually have the treasurer role as well right now. So yeah, we've worn a lot of hats. <laughs> yeah, nice. That's, yeah. Uh, um, what other sort of positions were I curious about uh, committees yeah. overseas? So what, what other positions do you have in the committee? Yeah, so we've got a seven-person seven board. Um, president, uh, secretary, treasurer is a combined role this year, as I just mentioned. Um, what else do we have there? We've got a social media manager, does a website, you know, Instagram, Facebook. We've got merchandise, uniform manager, takes care of that. Um, Eileen, as I mentioned earlier, is our head of women's team development. So trying to get that side of the club sort of up and running. We've got a social events coordinator, uh, Matt Syright, doing that. And uh, our coach, head of footy operations, slash coach, is on the board. Jeez, all I hear there, Rift, is jobs that you and me do. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? So all I hear is that's all. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> you're sitting there. You're sitting there rattling off all these people. Like, that's us. Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we do. Nah, we, yeah. we 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 do love our committee uh, people beneath us. So when I sit there and have jokes, just just for their just for their sake, when we sit on this show and have jokes about we do it all, you know, we couldn't do it all without them at least doing. Of course not. Things. Of course not. No, that's yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a team effort, but there's obviously some people who obviously have a bit more time for it or whatever it is, and. Everyone does what they can and you pull together and hopefully you're all sort of going in the right direction. 100%. Yeah, so um, you being the secretary treasurer, is that uh, because you have an accounting background or something? Is that what? what no, no, I took over the, the treasurer position. Our treasurer the last sort of five or six years, John Collins stepped down, um, just had his second kid not too long ago and, and uh, wasn't uh, probably had, had the most time for it anymore. I figure as a secretary, you're sort of doing a lot of logistics and admin. And honestly, the amount of times I had to just ping things backwards and forwards between me and John, it's like I felt like it's like, well, you've already seen half of it. Just do it all. It's just sort of, sort of like the last step of a lot of the things you're doing anyway. 
Yeah, nice. So right, before we get into the the social side, which is uh, oh, come favorite, on, mate, why are you holding me up for? Subject, <laughs> now, well, let's uh, let's find out that you're sort of the biggest highlight of you playing footy over there, mm. um, on field. Before we get into the off field side of things, I mean the highlights always nationals. Nationals is the the big thing every year for us. Um, you know, it's usually an interstate trip. Um, it's only you know in the sort of Eight years I've been here, it's only been in California that one time in 2017 in San Diego. It's due to be here this year, but uh, yet to be seen what's going to happen this year. So we'll see. Um, but it's always good. That's It's kind of a, you know, a interstate trip, a lads trip, an end of season trip, play some footy, hang out for an extra day or two afterwards. Just, you know, usual shit. It's, it's, it's the pinnacle of the season. It's what you play for. Yeah. Yeah, everyone we speak to it makes it sound like an absolute ripper weekend. Oh. It is. Um, so now to can I go to the social side now, Rift? Yeah, All right, sweet. So the social side is my one of my favourite parts about football. What sure. what is your social side? You know, what functions do you guys hold? Um, yeah. And like, where do you go on your footy trips if you have them? Yep. Um, so it's pretty probably standard by US spec. Um, we have an Australia Day thing, AFL Grand Final thing. Um, Probably the two big ones as far as that. But, um, you know, uh, uh, outside of that, we try to get around and watch Giants games since we've become the Giants. Previously, it was just whoever was playing. But now we've sort of got a team to pull together for collectively, more so than when we were the Bombers, I think. Um, so, so that's always good. Um, one of our sponsors is a bar. So it's a um, bit of a dive bar, but, you know, no windows in there. So... <laughs> <laughs> No, not bad for a lock-in, but not, not the best to bring the, the wives and girlfriends down to. So we might need something a bit more family-friendly soon. But. <laughs> it's the one thing that, like, as you've just said, perfect for a lock-in. I'm just yeah. like, that is just, you tell you're Australian, and it's actually made me yeah. like, wonder. I wonder if around the world they understand what a lock-in is. And I, d- I, don't they- think, I don't think anyone does. <laughs> uh, the, the fact is, like, it, if you're Australian, you can, you can just put... 10 plus blokes into a room and they're happy for fucking 12 hours. Yeah. Else, I don't know if anywhere else has that <laughs> capability to just talk shit for that long. Yeah. yeah. Most other people will be like, oh, where's the chicks? Where's, you know, yeah. we're, we're just sitting around talking shit. And, you know, the time but, goes you know, nowhere. Yeah. Having said that, we obviously, you know, a lot of the guys, you know, wives or girlfriends or young kids and that. So they'll obviously make an effort to try and do some more family friendly stuff. And I think that was going to be a big focus of our social calendar for this year, which unfortunately has been completely wiped out by COVID at the moment. But I think, you know, once things open up again, that'll be, that'll be a focus for us. We've actually got, uh, got our, our sights on, there's a lawn bowling club in Newport, which a couple of the guys are members at. So apparently you can rent the place out and it's BYO and, you know, outdoors and, and kickbacks. So I think we might do a few things there this year if we can. That'd be good. Yeah, nice. Yeah, get, a, get a bit of barefoot bowls going. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty rare for out here. It's not a common sport. So a bit lucky that way. Well, I'm going to just sort of give a bit of a shout out to uh, and mention about lawn bowls. The bike who made our uh, people to see in the videos at the start. We have our sponsor videos and big shout out to uh, my brother-in-law, Lewis Farman, who created the music for them. He actually plays lawn bowls at a fairly high level. And I went down and watched him during his, uh, I think, a couple of weeks before finals. And I'm sitting there having a beer watching. And all of a sudden, one of the players just walks out with two glasses of wine. <laughs> and they're sitting there drinking, you know, their Sablanc, their red wine and their beer while they're playing. 
and, level. and <laughs> that was the moment, Rifty, you almost lost a bit of footy when I was saying that I could actually still drink beer and play a very competitive sport at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> mate, there you go. It wasn't, until, it wasn't until you then just rocketed the ball down the other end and thought, Thought it was ten pin bowling, they and they kicked you out. That they and that's, said, oh, and, okay, and that's why I couldn't play it because I'd start yeah. off pretty good. Yeah. Apparently, apparently he reckons you get better the more beers you drink, though. So I don't know how that works. But, um, <laughs> so you mentioned about the so um, yeah, like your lock-ins or you have a lot of bloke player functions, but you also want to try and incorporate the families and the children and the partners. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, I think Rifty can vouch for this. The best clubs are the clubs that have the two sides. Yeah. You can have 15 blokes stuck in a room together, having a great time talking shit, or at the same time, you can have everybody, everyone's partners and kids in the same room, and it doesn't change the atmosphere at the club. And I feel like at Sandown, that's what we pride ourselves on, is it's a very matey group, uh, mateship club, but also a very family-friendly club that, you know, we might be sitting there talking shit and... Know, using language that's probably not acceptable, but as soon as you know a child or a partner walks in, it doesn't need to be said. It just ha- it just stops unless yeah. you're rifty and it's his kids in there, and he just tells you that no, bugger and bloody they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to agree with that, mate. I think we have had probably a few years where we might have been a little bit too focused on the lads only side of things, and especially if we want to get, as we mentioned earlier, women's side to the club up and running, it's just a lot more gender neutral things or family friendly things. And you can have both, you know, have them at different times or have them together, whatever it is. So there's plenty of opportunity to to have a bit of fun, let your hair down. So. Yeah. um, A lot of the more successful clubs are built on that. Um, Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially in in Melbourne, you know, my old man has played footy for 50 years and, I hear stories of, you know, my mum and us as little kids being at the footy with him and they're always, um, you know, yeah, they, they played hard, they partied hard, but it was still, you know, they're great places for the kids to grow up around as well. And uh, it's something that all clubs would, should strive to be great family places, but also have those nights when the boys can just let their let their hair down and, and get a bit wild. And yeah. um, Thanks me back just talking about that, that I listened to a podcast a while ago with our runner Dinger and he's the runner, his partner's the, um, our can manager. And he was saying that he believes that kids, especially like his young kids that are, I think Jack would be two now, that they need to be around football clubs because that's how they get confidence and you know, they become socially interactive with people. And as I've said to him, you know, Sonny, his wife, could walk in, put Jack down at six months old on the ground, walk away from him for the whole day and know that he's been fed, he's been changed, he's been the attention given because... Everyone at the club, you know, will just, it's how it works. It's just how it is. So I'm like, I'm having a kid in a month and a bit when this comes out. And I've already said to my wife, like that kid will be at the footy every single weekend until it either has its own sport to play or I can't get someone to take me down there. That's great. It sounds like you've got a really good community thing going there at the Cobras, mate. So that sounds great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's something we have always prided ourselves on, especially in the last handful of years, especially because a lot of our playing group have all been around for the same amount of time. So it's sort of, that also helps, I would assume. But um, right. now, before, to... before we get into throwing some players under the bus, you are, you are in a pretty, to us, a un- unique place in the world. Um, mm-hmm. California is kind of one of those um, 
you know, it's a picturesque type place in the right places and, and not so picturesque in other places. Mm. Being there for, for as long as you have, uh, what sort of took you over there in the first place and, and, you know, how have you found your time over in Orange County? Yeah, so I met my wife um, when she did study abroad in Melbourne. So I was at uni. Um, we met out at a bar one night and um, that was almost 10 years ago. And now I'm sitting here talking to you from Southern California because <laughs> of it. So, you know, followed her out here, um, ended up uh, in Orange County for work. Predominantly, she actually was LA-based. And, uh, you know, we did a few years where I was down in Orange County, she was in LA, you know, sort of backwards and forwards on weekends. But um, eventually, I've, I've migrated north to Los Angeles, but um, obviously still affiliate myself heavily with the Orange County Giants and, and hang around with all the boys that I started with when I first got here. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the uh, sports scene, the other sports on, you know, the LA Lakers is a massive, massive yeah. franchise, not only, you know, in LA, but around the world, they're a massive supportive franchise. Yeah. I mean, obviously not right now, but there's no shortage of things to watch or things to do or sports to go to or places to just go and watch sports on TV. It's, it's pretty good. Um, I'm a, a American football fan myself. I've, I've gone yeah, mad for it. And, uh, you know, went from no teams in L.A. to two teams in my time here. So, yeah, it's good to, uh, good to have the football around. I wouldn't say I'm so much of a, of a basketball or a hockey or a, or a baseball man. But going to baseball is fun, you know. Just, you know, go back and have a few beers and relax. It's good. Which uh, team do you go for in the NFL? Um, I mean, because the Rams sort of had a bit more history and came back first, I jumped on the L.A. Rams, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Makes sense. One thing I do want to know, actually, while you mentioned that, a bit of a somber, sad thing. What was LA like to be there when the thing happened with Kobe Bryant? Yeah, look, um, it was massive. Like, you, you honestly can't believe how hard people took it here. Um, just, it was everywhere. Like, I mean, buses were driving around with RIP Kobe on the front instead of the route they were actually driving. Um, on the 405, there was this big construction crane, must have had like a, I don't know, 20 by 40 meter Kobe Bryant jersey hanging off it for weeks. Um, people were just gutted. Yeah, yeah it's uh, one of those things like, uh, you know, us over here being basketball fans, um, you know, it was something that shocked the world and a pretty tragic thing yeah. happened. And, and yeah, like you actually being in a city where he was such a beloved figure, I could imagine it would be uh, something else. Yeah, no, it was it was it was a somber mood for a while there. That's for sure. It'll always be one of them things. Like, there's not that many in history, but it's definitely one of the things that I think everybody will remember where they were when yeah. they first heard that news. Like, I can remember exactly where I was, and it was a Sunday morning in Australia. So I guess you can probably imagine where I was, Drifty. <laughs> yeah, hung over in bed. <laughs> trying to try to church. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh yeah, that's where I was. Yeah, church. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Um, but all right, let's lighten the mood and, and um, throw some of your teammates under the bus now, as, uh, as we like to call it. Um, so, yeah, we've got a few little things we'll ask you about, and I'm sure there's going to be plenty of characters to throw under the bus for these yeah, things. So usually are. All right. So which player at the OC Giants would you know, is the ladies' man or thinks that they're the ladies' man? Is or thinks. Um... You know, honestly, a lot of the guys have 
more or less got themselves a girlfriend or a wife stitched up for the most part. But uh, I think one of the guys has been probably historically single the longest would be Banger. So I might throw him under the bus here and, and say that I don't think, don't think he's shown up to the same club function with a different girl twice. <laughs> yeah. He's going to get some love from a few air blokes, isn't he? With a name like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, our boys have a shares in a greyhound called Banger. So Yeah, perfect. Um, and if your nickname's Bang, oh, you yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's yeah. got to be that for a reason, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, the class clown or the joker of the club? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw Matt Sive right under the bus there. I reckon he's he's newer to the club. He's been around about a year, but uh, he's a WA boy, Fremantle mad, and he could talk underwater. I reckon. <laughs> um, he, yeah, he's always stirring stuff up on the WhatsApp chat or just talking dribble one way or another. So. Yeah, he's good. Perfect, perfect clubman. Great to have blokes like that around. Just keeps things interesting. Oh, it's good to... Honourable mention to John Collins there, I reckon, too. He, 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 he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's good value. So I'm, was, hope, was... I'm hoping, hoping that caused a bit of uh, friction there. The other bloke <laughs> getting pissed off, he wasn't the main one. <laughs> so was, uh, is Banger an Aussie or is he uh, an American? Banger's an Aussie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's a Melbourne boy, yep. Yeah, so it's coming pretty common that most answers to these questions over in America, the the one thing that continues is ladies' man. It's an Aussie that always thinks he's a ladies' man, and the class clown's <laughs> usually an Aussie too. So. And the person. Yeah. And uh, so two, two for two there, mate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about the party animal? Who's the biggest party animal? Oh, gosh, I reckon there's a few boys who'd probably want to put their name on that. Um Different genres of party animal, I reckon. There's guys who like to hit the dance floor pretty hard. There's a few guys, I reckon, who like to just hit the sauce pretty hard. But I reckon I might might have to give that to Jono, who I mentioned for, for Joker or Class Clan, honorable mention. I think when, when we're on the trips, he, uh, he always gets typically best on ground, I reckon. Yeah, well, you you are in sort of a party party place of the world, aren't you? Whereas I'm sure many Aussies that are over there are pretty much over there for the party life. So Yeah, it's good. I mean, especially when I first got here and, you know, I was 24 versus almost 32 now. It's, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty to do for, for the blokes who are sort of, you know, the younger guys in the club. And, you know, I was there not so long ago and now there's this other, you know, sort of new group of guys who are the mid-20s guys and, yeah, they've got, they got plenty of things to do. Usually. <laughs> uh so we, we like to ask this one, the the person who takes the game far too seriously, but I'd like to switch it up a little bit. Being that you are a LA-based team and there is uh, OC. OC, yeah. Um, but something that we always see about LA and, and Orange County is, you know, the blokes at the beach lifting the weights and doing that sort of stuff. So who's the bloke that just takes getting their rig in shape far too seriously and looking good in front of the mirror? You know, I'm... I'm um... I wouldn't say it's about looking good in front of the mirror, but um, I'm, I'm going to put Seba up here. And now Seba I want to bring up because he's an absolute legend. He's a life member of the club. He's also the president of the USAFL. So he runs the whole show in the country. Um, he's a long-term member of our club and he's 50, maybe 51 even. The bloke is in pristine nick. He, he, he sends out the text message 5.30 every morning that he just finished his CrossFit session. <laughs> it just shows everyone else how early he gets out of bed. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Italian stallion, I reckon, is, is uh, yeah, he loves it. I reckon he sleeps with his mouth guard in the night before games too. <laughs> yeah, nice. Oh. I'm there, Riff. That was a 
I was, wasn't too sure we were going with that. So I no, well, I just, I just thought Huntington Beach. It's a, you know, it's a pretty popular spot for the blokes to go down and, you know, be doing chin ups in front of the girls and things like that. So yeah. yeah. All right. So the next one is uh, the mum and the dad, the mum and the dad of the club. So the two people at the club that you know are just the mum and the dad. That, you know, either the club would be lost if they were to leave, or you know, just along that nature. I think. Um... Probably would be Costa and myself if I had to be true, honest about that. I mean, president, secretary, and probably, you know, do most of the logistical organization, make sure that, you know, there's fields to play on and, you know, places to be and people are there. It's, it's, someone's got to do it. Sometimes not the most fun in the world, but, you know, clubs would be lost without it, like you said. I don't mind when somebody openly admits, you know, that they do so much and the fact that your title is secretary and treasurer i think that you know, shows how, how much you actually do anyway yeah yeah uh, and it seems like you guys are doing a fantastic job uh with that partnership with giants and getting all that kind of support and um yeah yeah it sounds like you're doing great great things and hopefully um you're able to get a couple games at the tail end of this year so you can still get a nationals in and and yeah. take out the top take out the trophy this year hopefully yeah, I mean, Nationals is, is something we're really looking forward to even more so. This year, it's in our backyard. So I think the USAFL is officially calling it Ontario, but it's actually in the city of Norco, which is about 30, 40 minutes from us. So we would be the home team for Nationals. Um, obviously, a little bit of a downer right now is like, it's still on the cards to happen, but I can't imagine it's going to happen if, if it does in, in any way, shape or form as big as it usually does. And um, with the AFL season being pushed back, it, it would probably, uh, you know, squash some of our plans to maybe get a couple of GWS players to, you know, maybe come over and be a part of it as far as, you know, maybe grab the assistant coach clipboard. Who knows? You never know. There's, there's been some whispers and things like that, but not now, unfortunately. So if it goes ahead, it'll be a little bit, little bit smaller than usual, but... Uh, the word is, if it doesn't go ahead, it just pushes the next year. So we'll, we'll get to go again. Yeah, well, hopefully if it doesn't go ahead, uh, 2021 can be uh, even bigger and better. And uh, yeah. you guys can have a great show and you'll have a, a decent preseason to get yourselves ready for it. Um, but where can everyone go to follow along with the OC Giants and keep in touch? Yeah, so we're OC Giants on Instagram, um, Orange County Giants on Facebook or just ocgiants.com. So it's probably the three best places and it'll plug you into all what's going on and what we're about and what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Is there anything else you want to add there, Doc? I just want to thank Adam for joining us. Um, It's nice to have so many clubs joining us from America that want to chat about their club. Um, Yeah, I think it's not too short time it is across at this point at the moment. But yeah, thank you for joining us, man. We really do appreciate it. Um, We'll send you out across the polo shirt or a hat or something like that when we can get into our rooms and whatnot and you know anybody else that's watching that does want a hat head across to our sandowncobrasfnc.com.au follow the links to our store and pick yourself up one because they're uh, good quality awesome thanks boys i really appreciate you having me on and yeah we'll, we'll get some club merch coming your way too that, that sounds good yeah, yeah nice mate uh, thanks for joining us uh, enjoy the rest of your friday night yeah um yeah, and we'll uh, keep in touch and we'll follow you, follow along and hopefully you do get a couple of games in. Thanks. Cheers, boys. 
Uh, thanks again for joining us for that episode of the CobraCast. Uh, this has been another episode in the USAFL week we're doing. Um, make sure you go check out their social media and follow along their journey as well as all the other teams we've got coming up. Uh, but where can everyone else go to find out about our stuff? Eto? Well, for our stuff, Mark, they can go to Facebook and at Sandown Cobras FNC or search Sandown Cobras Football Netball Club. They can hit up our Instagram at Sandown Cobras FNC or hit up our, uh, our Twitter at Sandown Cobras. There is another page on there that is at Sandown Cobras FC. Ignore that page. That's no longer working. Twitter won't delete it. Um, but, mate, or you can, head, sorry, you can head to our website, www.sandowncobrasfnc.com.au. Or if you want to know more about USAFL, you can head to www.usafl.com. You can search United States Australian Football League on Facebook and Twitter. There's also uh, the US, what is it, sorry, the US Footy News. They are a Facebook page and they do a podcast called Outside 50, which is hosted by, or the co-host is one of the people that we spoke to from Denver a couple of weeks ago. So make sure you go listen to that if you want to know a bit more about US footy. Lovely. And don't forget to check us out on iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you want to listen uh, on your drive home or drive to work. Um, what, a better, what, what a way to start your Monday morning, mate. Me and you, oh, it's like mate, soothing. I don't, couldn't think of anything better, to be honest. Or what you could do, you could do what I do and put it on as you go to sleep. So that way your partner's falling asleep to the smooth tones of Rick Rifty and Net Dog. Yeah, definitely. That's, um, well, she might not want to go to sleep once she starts hearing those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's a fair point, mate. We're, uh, we're not cutting that. We're leaving that in. <laughs> Should be up all night. All right. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next one. <laughs> Thanks for watching the Cobra Cast with the present VP. And if you need somebody to talk to, why not contact New Life Psychology in Berwick? They are now taking phone appointments. Or you could head to otlr.com.au for tips and info. And we are supporters of TAC's Towards Zero campaign. Head to towardszero.vic.gov.au for more info because zero is the only acceptable number. Hey Siri, play the Cobra Cast with the present VP. Now playing podcast Cobra Cast with the present VP.